Welcome to the Goddess Got Goals podcast, episode number 61, where we're going to give you your PMS toolkit. Yep, going to give you your own PMS toolkit. Yes, it's an action-packed step-by-step episode with a special download that you can access. You see, these hormone episodes always go down really well because it is something that all women struggle with, or nearly all of us, in one way or another, and sometimes the information that's out there can be really confusing. And we often don't talk about it or seek help for it because we just think this is just the way things are. But I do believe that we can really benefit from educating ourselves about it. So be sure to listen if you struggle with difficult, heavy period pains or moodiness, cravings or other symptoms before and during your period. Or you struggle with what to eat or when to exercise in relation to your menstrual cycle. And share this out with a friend, sister, co-worker or daughter to find out how you can make some small changes to alleviate your PMS. You ready? Let's get started. Okay, goddess, we are gonna unpack this today for you. We are in for an amazing episode that's going to be part education and part action plan, okay? Helping you to understand something that I think kind of either gets overlooked as just, well, this is just the way it is. And you know, I don't like that. (laughs) You know, I like to help you to provide you not only with the education and the information and the science behind stuff, but also to smooth out any myths, debunk all the misinformation and to help and empower you so that you can take action over your own body. And that's what we want for you. So let's dive in. Okay. PMS, which is also known as PMT, stands for premenstrual syndrome, okay, or premenstrual tension. And it's exactly the same thing. I think it's just a language thing. Certain countries use the PMS, some use the PMT. um, And that's just those words, they can be interchanged. Okay, but it can strike any time after ovulation. So even though it's premenstrual, it can go for a longer than you think. It often occurs in the middle of your 28-day cycle, also known as your infradian rhythm, and at the start of your period. The time between ovulation and the start of your period is known as the luteal phase. So PMS refers to a group of physical psychological and emotional symptoms that menstruating women experience during this luteal phase. Now I wanted to just double back here. A group of physical, psychological and emotional symptoms. It's not just stuff happening inside the body, but also the body's chemistry, the biology, but also how it affects how you think and also affects how you feel. Okay. So symptoms conclude anything from acne, bloating or retaining fluid, breast tenderness, food craving and or increased appetite, mood swings. And I kind of want to unpack mood swings a little bit more to even include periods of self-doubt, periods of overwhelm, periods of um, full-on, you know, anger, frustration, snappiness, right? So mood swings doesn't really sometimes cover that for me. So I like to like really go in there and talk about, you know, where I see it and how it happens, but also fearing, feeling irritable, hello, cranky and or depressed, right? Feeling really down, feeling very blue is another word that uh, a lot of my clients would use. Fatigue, just overall tiredness, heaviness, Uh, headaches and migraines, very common. Difficulty concentrating, lack of focus, yeah. Uh, Low back pain, okay, or hip pain, I get that a lot too. And cramps, okay, so cramps in the general um, uterus area, yeah. So first of all, let's just get some science in here. What causes the PMS? So experts believe that PMS is triggered in part by cyclical changes in your sex hormones each month. So of which estrogen and progesterone are the biggest two, okay? And while it's true that our sex hormones naturally shift in a cyclical pattern each month, problems crop up only when our hormones are out of balance. Surprise, surprise, that you know, hormonal imbalance. When, for example, we have too much estrogen in our bodies relative to progesterone. 
This is a condition known as estrogen dominance. And this is what I see time and time and time and time again with clients. So we, it's really good for us to unpack this a little bit. Okay. Or when we have too little progesterone overall. Okay. So in other words, these monthly hormone shifts are normal and expected. So it's a, you are expected to go through a shift and constantly, um, women are, are shocked or they are surprised when they hear me say that every day a woman's body feels different, but even more so every seven days, a woman's body feels different than it did seven days previously. So these shifts are normal and they happen, but they are not the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is when we have more or less estrogen or progesterone than we need. And our bodies move through that 28-day hormonal cycle in this hormonally imbalanced environment. That is when we experience the symptoms. So having symptoms is common, but not necessary. You can have a PMS-free period, right? Did you hear that? You can have a PMS-free period. In fact, I often have a PMS-free period. Um, and I feel like once we understand that, you know, once we get past this cultural conditioning of the curse, the whatever words that we were taught that, you know, it, it has to be uh, a period of suffering for us and understand that it's just a period of functioning. And this is what happens within our bodies and within this cycle. It can be it can be freeing. So if you address the underlying hormone imbalance with food and exercise, you can erase the symptoms of PMS. Did you hear that? So once you are more balanced with your hormones through food and lifestyle, we like to say through food and exercise, eating and training through your menstrual cycle, you can erase the symptoms of PMS. You should still be cycling through the four phases of your menstrual cycle as you should be, but without all the symptoms you experienced before. Okay, so experts also believe that nutrient deficiencies play a big role in PMS symptoms. Research has shown a connection between low levels of vitamin D, calcium, and magnesium and PMS symptoms, and studies also suggest that supplementing with magnesium and vitamin B6 can make a significant difference in the severity of, P of PMS. So what we're going to do for you today is we do have a free download called Eating Through Your Menstrual Cycle that we are going to let you have access to. The link will be in our show notes. Uh, you'll be able to access that at warrior goddess kettlebell training forward slash podcast forward slash 61. But we're also going to dive into giving you some actual supplements. Yeah. And diving into why they're important. We're also going to talk and address what you're eating. And also we're going to talk and address cravings. So let's first of all, talk about the lifestyle factors that make PMS worse. Okay. So what makes it worse? Now, there one of the things that I'm only going to address shortly here and just um, and a brief mention is the contraceptive pill. Okay. Um, I don't want to go into it um, in terms of that, but what I would suggest is that the contraceptive pill is often prescribed as a way to deal with PMS when really that's just a band-aid for the problem and it never really looks at underlying issues. So if you're somebody that already has a hormonal condition, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, um, and have severe PMS and were prescribed the pill to help with those symptoms, this is just a mask, right, for really helping you to underline uh, to get to the underlying issues that's going on with your lifestyle factors, which is normally to do with your diet and exercise, right? So I'm not going to go into the detail of it. One, it can be a very touchy subject for a lot of women, but you know, there's other resources, which I will put in the show notes that you can check out a couple of blog posts from people that I follow and, and have studied under and read a lot of books and studies and case studies with, um, on how you, if you so choose to move away from taking the pill because of this will help you to regulate this issue. Okay. So I'm not going to touch on it too much because it could be a whole separate podcast, to be honest with you, but I really want to um, acknowledge it and also put it in the show notes. Okay, so let's look at these lifestyle factors first of all, okay? So here are some of the habits and lifestyle factors that conspire to throw your hormones out of alignment. I liked the idea that they're conspiring, right? <laughs> they are. Stress. You know I'm going to talk about stress today. There's no way we couldn't have a podcast about hormones and not talk about stress because we live in a society that places a high value on always being busy. In fact, I have 
a podcast episode coming up about that, you know, wearing the busyness like a mantle of pride, right? And I want to bust that with a lot of women. But, you know, if someone asks you how you're doing, uh, you know, what's new with you, we often reply, oh, I'm so busy. I'm doing this and it's so great and whatever. And it often sounds as much like a point of pride, as I've said, than it is like a complaint. So we need to reverse our stance on stress. This is why if you have done our five-day program, uh, the Five Days to Superhero program, we actually talk about the the four-step superhero formula for body shape change. And number two on that pyramid is to do with how to deal with stress, managing stress, and learning about rest and recovery instead of stress, right? So research shows that the higher the level of perceived stress, the worse our PMS and the stress reduction techniques might be effective um, for non-pharmaceutical interventions for easing PMS. So whether that's grabbing your yoga mat, downloading a meditation app, doing one of our meditations, or learning how to properly rest and recover, you need to find more time to find things that relax you. Yeah. So that's what I would suggest. Okay. Inflammation. Going to go into point number two. Inflammation is a system-wide response to injury or stress, and it can be brought on by a large number of environmental factors, all starting with eating unhealthy foods, but also being too sedentary, okay, not moving enough, and using toxic health and body care products. Now, we talked about this in relation to menopause in an episode recently. Um, so I'm also going to share the same link again that how you can check your current skincare products and how much of a toxic load that they have carrying for you. Um, but um, prostaglandins, I always find that hard to say, prostaglandins are hormone-like substances that control the body's inflammatory response. And experts believe that they can trigger many of the symptoms of PMS, okay? So, you know, this um, uh, prostaglandin, overproduction is why some women get relief by taking things like ibuprofen, right? Because they actually block out the process of these things, right? So again, you know, inflammation in the body, once you, if you take, you know, Nurofen or you're taking ibuprofen in some way, that's blocking the inflammation. It's just a block. It's not actually reducing the inflammation. You need to look at the foods that you eat and the activities that you do that are causing inflammation. Eating too much sugar. Hello, we're going back to sugar being one of the most inflammatory foods that you can eat. And more inflammation means more PMS. So cutting down on sugar is a must when you're trying to tame PMS. And then Smoking. Smoking is bad for overall health, of course, including hormone balance, but women who smoke are twice as likely to develop PMS. So just say no to the cigarettes. Here's one that you're not going to like me telling you. Drinking coffee. Yep. Coffee fuels that prostaglandin production, right? And increases the risks of cysts, fibroids, and period pain. It also depletes the body of key hormone balance uh, balancing nutrients like magnesium, like iron, and like vitamin B, so you know, as well, right? It depletes the body of these things. So I know drinking coffee, we're going to address it, going to give you some strategies. Don't worry, I have other things coming your way, but we just need to let you know about this. Carrying hidden weight. So when I say this, I'm not talking about being overweight or being ob obese per se, okay? While this is also associated with a greater risk of PMS, the real problem is where our fat is and how fat we are on the inside, which is not reflected in how much you weigh. Um, you can be skinny on the outside and overweight on the inside. This is known in medical literature as being medically obese. Um, and it's also known as a condition as being skinny fat so that there's fat around the organs in the body, okay? So your PMS might be telling you that you need to address internal obesity. And you're not living in sync with your cycle. You're not understanding and accepting how you, how you're, you know, the, the female superpower, as I like to call it, and your infradian rhythm. You've probably read about the importance of the 24-hour circadian rhythm and how important it is to get high quality consecutive hours of sleep during the night, for example, and how to get safe 
sun exposure during the day, but you probably haven't heard about the importance of living in sync with your 28-day cycle. And for women, that cycle is just as important that you need to tend to as the circadian cycle. Research shows that your 28-day menstrual cycle affects our brain function, emotions, mood, sensory processing, appetite, and even our perception of pain. If you're not supporting your body's unique hormonal needs during each of the four phases of the 28-day cycle, you won't have healthy, pain-free periods. So we're going to take a break now, and after the break, I'm going to talk about how you can erase these symptoms. I'm going to give you some lifestyle strategies to deal with the PMS that you can act on, including the scary one about how you can help <laughs> to substitute out the coffee. All right, I'll see you after the break. I wanted to make a quick video of my experience with the Warrior Goddess Kettlebell Training. Um, I've dealt with weight loss issues almost all my life. I've tried keto, which did pretty well for a little while. Lost a little bit of weight, started feeling really tired. Um, I got a personal trainer, sort of working out seven days a week, an hour a day. My meals were basically chicken, broccoli, and sweet potatoes. I started getting really tired, miserable. I was physically and mentally exhausted. Um, got on Facebook, and all of a sudden, Worger Goddess Kettlebell Training popped up on my Facebook feed. I thought it sounded kind of interesting, so I joined the free five-day program, and then I decided to join the six-week transformation challenge. Um, I'm happy to say that I just finished it. I have lost 17 pounds and over 48 centimeters. I feel great. The, the meal plan has been easy to follow, really nice, flavorful foods. The workout is fun. It's something a lot different swinging a kettlebell. And I just wanted you to know that if you're on the fence or trying to decide, you know, if this is for you, if you should try it, then I suggest that you try it. That Lisa and all of her coaches are great and super helpful, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And we're back. So I want to help you with some of these strategies that you can use to erase the PMS symptoms. So yeah, I know I've pointed out some things here that you're like, geez, that sounds like a lot. You know, where do we even start? This seems like too much. But I believe that if you look at a multi-pronged approach, different ways to look at it, and even if there's like one or two of these that you could take action on right now, you could begin to ease these symptoms of PMS. Now, I'm not saying you need to do all of them right? But the more information they have, the more options you have, the more your self-esteem is. So I want you to look at these food supplement and lifestyle strategies and, you know, begin to, as I go through them, think about which ones you could adopt and take action on. Okay. So first of all, we're going to start with lifestyle, of course. So I want you to think about how you can arrange your environment to help beat the PMS. So first of all, stomping out inflammation. Yep. Eating low inflammatory foods, you know I'm going to talk about these veggies, these cruciferous veggies, these green veggies, first and foremost. We talk about fiber and green veggies all the time here on the Goddess Cockles podcast and why we love the green goddess Pruthi. But what else could you eat? You could look at pastured um, eggs, um, pastured animal proteins, organic, you know, grass-fed animal proteins if you're going to be eating meat, not always good for everyone. Um, and nuts and seeds. Okay. So more green veggies, look where you're, look at the sources of where you're getting your eggs and animal proteins from. And then you can add more plants into your diet, whether that be plant-based sources of tofu, which is high in iron, for example, and very much high in healthy fats, all of which can be um, low and anti-inflammatory. Also reducing the amount of sugar that you eat or eliminate it altogether. A high sugar diet drives up the production of advanced glycation end products, which will contribute to inflammation. Basically, sugar equals inflammation. So two foods that I have um, shown up to help specifically with that, um, uh, prostal I always struggle with that, 
prostaglandin, there we go, prostaglandin reduction are pomegranate and also if you are going to eat fish or animal products that you stick with small oily fish, okay? Anything that has um, high levels of omega-3 acids, which is an inflammation fighting. So pomegranate's good. Also, you know, uh, avocados are good in that instance as well. And coconut oil. Systemic inflammation can also be from over-exercising or excessive hit. A lot of the times we don't realize the link between exercise and inflammation and doing too much of the wrong type of exercise, right? So there's too much of the wrong type, but also too much of the wrong type at the wrong time. So when I focus on exercise that supports my central nervous system, like strength training, and then knowing when to do what exercise in relation to your 28-day menstrual cycle, this can really help with that. We have a separate episode called Training Through Your Menstrual Cycle. I will link to that in, my, in the show notes where there is a free downloadable guide that will help you to talk about when is good to do what sort of training that supports um, the the stress that, you know, and inflammation that exercise can occur and when to use it. Yeah, using it as a positive thing. Also, number two, making organic or clean the main part of your life, right? So when you're standing in that grocery aisle or at the makeup counter and the clean products and organic products are more expensive than the conventional option, it may seem easy for you to make the wallet-friendly choice. And I get it right? But what you need to keep in mind in these moments is the true cost of the choice that you're making. The toxins in these foods and products come into direct contact with the body and they alter the endocrine function, making period problems like PMS worse. So you may save at the checkout, but you're ultimately paying with your health. So eat organic and clean wherever possible. Okay, number three, you're not going to like this one either. <laughs> Give up the coffee. I know, I can hear you yelling at me now through your speaker. I really can. But this piece of advice is self-explanatory when you hear it. After the first week of withdrawal, it's not nearly as hard as you think. Within a month, you won't even miss it. And if you are a tea drinker like me, you can begin to reduce or cut out caffeinated tea too, Okay. What I have found personally is that I don't drink coffee. I drink one, maybe two at the most cups of black tea a day. And then I just drink herbal or I have my hydration potion in the morning, which is my hot water, lemon and Himalayan salt, which sometimes I might add apple, you know, apple cider vinegar to, or I might add um, turmeric to or ginger or whatever you know, in terms of trying to make my, my morning potions. Yeah. So I have seen this time and time again, and why I want to advocate the giving up of the coffee for, for those that really suffer from PMS, for those that really, maybe if you currently have already hormonal balances, PCOS, endometriosis, for those that are having fertility issues, for example, the amount of studies that I've read about caffeine, um, and its effect on depleting key supplement, uh, key nutrients that your body needs, v, um, vitamin B and magnesium. Why I see women strung out with anxiety and stress, and stress and anxiety can go hand in hand. The more stressed out you are, the more anxious you are. The more anxious you are, the less likely you are to get pregnant. The more likely you are to have period issues and be out of out of whack with your hormones. And then there's also the actual symptoms of. There's studies with coffee and caffeine and breast tenderness and breast pain um, during periods as well. So there's so much information out there. So what I would say is if giving up coffee altogether is really like, Lisa, you're killing me here, you know, even cutting back and choosing really amazing organic coffee, also knowing how to consume your caffeine in a way that your body can handle and process it is really important. Um, and what I maybe need to do is a full podcast on coffee and caffeine so that you are really um, understanding it. Where I've started to learn about caffeine and its, you know, its benefits and its drawbacks, um, not only through hormonal stuff, but understanding, you know, how coffee is produced and what it's used for and how it, you know, how it um, works in the body um, is through a book called Own Your Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. 
I'll link to it in the show notes. He just goes into depth about how to use coffee as a tool that it was invented for and not rely on it for a crutch for energy, which is the key thing I want you to hear here. Okay. Next one, moving on quickly. <laughs> Improve your health from the inside out. Okay, so you, here's the thing. You may look lean in the mirror, but if you don't exercise, i.e. if you don't strength train, you don't have much lean muscle. Fact, okay? And if you eat a super sugar or high carb diet and you don't have enough phytonutrient rich vegetables on your plate, you might have the blood work profile of someone with overweight or obesity. And being overweight or obese is strongly correlated with PMS. So when you start correcting what's going on internally, you will see a reduction in those symptoms. So, you know, our Sexy Strong program is all about strength training and all about eating an anti-inflammatory diet, believe it or not, that's uh, plant focused. Um, and that's what we want for you. So we generally find that as ladies go through our program, that these symptoms just fall by the wayside because they are focusing on the things that are helping, nurturing and supporting their bodies. And also you need to find what relaxes you, okay, and make it part of your regular life. So in the medical literature, high levels of stress are associated with even more severe PMS. Yes. So the time for stress reduction is now, not when you finish this big project or after that big presentation, because guess what? When you finish those things, there will just be more to do. The time is now and your health depends on it. When you understand how your the four stages of your monthly cycle works and you get in sync with that monthly cycle, you're able to notice when you have more energy and creativity and expansive thought, and you can lean into those times to be more productive during those times. So that allows you during other times to step back. When I began to really cycle sync with not only my eating and training, but also with my business projects, my creative projects, and my productivity, everything changed. Okay, so my next step to you is cycle syncing. So this concept of cycle syncing um, was first developed by Alyssa Vitti. Um, and I love her book, Woman Code, and also In the Flow. 100% recommend those. We'll link to this in the show notes. Um, and she talks about biohacking with understanding not just the infradian rhythm in addition to the circadian rhythm, but also eating and exercising for each week and how during the phases of your 28-day cycle is the foundation of also feeling better and having a symptom-free period, but also where you're actually going to maximize your results if you want to change your body shape, get stronger, build lean muscle, feel more motivated, and just feel better, right? Because that's all we really truly want. So, you know, for too long, we've been living the same way day in and day out, that 24-hour cycle. But this works for men, not for women. Sinking your cycle will not only fix your period problems, it will help you find more happiness, energy, and overall peace and just success in your life. So simply put, tending to your 28-day cycle is as important as tending to your 24-hour circadian cycle. Okay, so if this is if this is new to you, I want you to first of all, I will link to the show notes for Alyssa Vitti's books, and she's got an app and all these wonderful blog articles you can check out on her website. But we have a guide of eating through your menstrual cycle, which we're going to give you here as part of this PMS toolkit, but also training through your menstrual cycle as well. So you can begin to understand how different parts of your cycle are affected by the the diet and lifestyle that you're choosing. Okay. So we're going to take another break now. And after this break, we're going to kind of wrap this up with some final action points for you. And I'm going to help you to tame PMS related food cravings, because this is what I really want to address and what our downloads going to be for you. So after the break, we're going to unpack this. We're going to wrap this up in a bow and I can't wait for you to hear it. Oh my goddess, we love a slogan t-shirt. And of course the innuendo here at Warrior Goddess Kettlebell Training. In fact, Kettlebell Training lends itself, right, to the perfect innuendo. And of course, we've also got all your favorite Warrior Goddess Kettlebell superhero, unicorn, and those innuendos on our t-shirts 
vests, and branded items. Yep, our merch store is now open. To browse our store, go to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash shop. To feel like you're part of our tribe community, celebrate your new love for all things kettlebell. Yep, kettlebell, unicorn, and even kettlebell superheroes on t-shirts, vests, mugs, water bottles, phone covers, and some unique gift ideas for family and friends, things that you will not find anywhere else. We got you covered with worldwide shipping in all sizes and colors. Be sure to let us know which ones are your favorites. You can reach out to us here at warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com. Send us an email. Let us know which ones you're loving. Or make sure you tag us at uh, WG Kettlebell Training on Instagram and check them out in the shop today. Go to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash shop. And we're back. Okay. We're going to give you some, you know, some tips here. And before I give you the full recommended list of foods for PMS and helping you to eat through your menstrual cycle, I want to tackle a very important topic, which is about the food cravings, because this can be something, um, again, that there's a lot of myths about or where women can sometimes derail themselves when they are trying to follow a new eating plan or they're trying to um it affects their willpower or motivation or they think that it does so first of all i want to help you to understand that you know i've worked with many women um over the years and they've all struggled to maintain otherwise you know healthy eating habits or following a plan um, but then completely fall off when they're in their premenstrual or luteal phases, okay? They think that this is where their resolve is the weakest. And, you know, I totally get it, right? These intense cravings that PMS can bring can derail the best of us. So I want to kind of, you know, um, bust a few myths here or try to help you to understand what's going on. And there might be factors that you kind of forget when you're following a new eating and training program. Okay, so a couple of things that you probably don't know is that, you know, women do need additional calories during different times of their cycle, up to even as much as 300. Okay, and there I know this could be the reason why, you know, sometimes you've started a new diet or you've started a new eating plan. And then literally a week later, you've fallen off because you're just so hungry or you're so tired or your brain is foggy or you're actually having these cravings and you think giving into those cravings is a bad thing right so when you know that there's certain times during your cycle that you need to eat more calories and that eating certain types of food will satiate the body in a way that makes you feel like those cravings are satiated then you can kind of forgive yourself and understand what's going on right also women need to sleep more when they're building muscle Okay, so when you're building muscle and when you're trying to lose fat and when you're trying to change your body composition, just like a small toddler goes through growth spurts, this is what happens when you go through a body shape change program. Sleep can be difficult during certain times of your cycle. So if you're not sleeping and you're trying to build muscle and, you know, change your body shape and you're going through a growth spurt and you're in certain times during your cycle, this can also lead to cravings. So even knowing this and understanding this is what's happening in your body can help you to preemptively maneuver through it, right? Now, if you are overtraining, see it all the time, or doing counterintuitive training, and under eating in certain parts of your cycle, you're going to put your body under more stress, which in turn will mean more cravings. So the act of exercise itself, when it when you get to a certain point of your metabolism starting to run really well, you will increase your hunger. You will, you know, your hunger increases as your appetite increases, which is a sign that your metabolism is beginning to work and work well. And if you're also adding this to a certain part of your menstrual cycle, this could make you think, oh my goodness, I'm not doing so good or derail you without you understanding that this is just part of the process. So I like to help women address the root causes of the cravings, okay? And it's important to have healthy alternatives on hand when cravings strike, right? So here are the most common food cravings during that luteal phase, along with healthy alternatives that won't make your hormone imbalances worth. Okay. And the first one I'm going to help you with is coffee. 
I know. Okay, so a coffee habit can be a sign of imbalanced cortisol, that body's stress hormone that we talk about so much here on the Goddess Got Goals podcast when we talk about hormone imbalances. It's not having enough of that internal oomph to get through the day, right? You're searching for a quick hit of energy that you can't generate on your own. So what can you do? Okay, well, here's a couple of things that I personally like to do and different ways that you can get, um, I suppose, different ways that you can have a drink. So we're looking at the alternative as being a drink. So a couple of things that um, I suggest are looking at uh, different types of coffee that aren't caffeinated, that are made from different types of beans, like chicory coffee, and there's a lot of other ones out there on the market that you can try, okay? So you wanna, if you still like the idea of having a coffee and, and enjoying that moment, you can tie chicory root or other delicious hot beverages that call themselves coffee <laughs> that will help you to replace that. Um, and in that turn will not spike your cortisol even more and not deplete those important nutrients. I also like to do it with things like holy basil tea. Pucka do a great tea, for example. I'll link to it in the show notes. And holy basil already helps to support your adrenals. It's a herb um, that helps you to do that and will help to bring them back in balance. It's, it really helps with um, excess cortisol. It's one of the adaptogens. You can also try things out like matcha tea. Yes, green tea does have caffeine, but it's, you know, processing the bodies in a different way. So some people can enjoy it, not everyone. And then there's like the golden milk latte, which you can make with turmeric, which is anti-inflammatory, which will 100% support that. You can do our lemon water, our hydration potion, which I talked about earlier. You can start adding apple cider vinegar drinks, which is also anti-inflammatory and really good for your gut health. And you can turn that into a little morning and morning beverage as well instead, which will actually help and support your adrenals instead. Okay. Now, if you're looking for the instant boof, uh, oomph and you're trying to get some energy, my suggestion is looking at alternate strategies, things like going for a walk, picking up your kettlebell and swinging it. If you're during, you know, if it's during your, um, just in that luteal phase, I find personally that just resting is the answer. If you can't, if you're not in an environment where you can rest, that can you go for a walk? Can you take yourself, um, you know, out to change your state, change your mood by getting the blood flowing? That will generally work. Okay. But scheduling rest during that time is probably your most important part. Okay. Chocolate. Yes, of course, we we're going to be talking about chocolate. So chocolate cravings can normally signal a magnesium deficiency. Okay. I love me chocolate. I eat chocolate nearly every day. Uh, but I also know that it can come because I had sugar. Um, I had basically spent a lot of my uh, adult life with overgrowth of the bad bacteria known as candida. And I've had to do many a candida cleanse because I had such a bad sugar addiction. But now I eat my chocolate in different ways. I eat my chocolate through um, dark chocolate or through um, making chocolate flavored balls or using raw cacao and things, etc. Okay, um, because I still love chocolate and I think life is better with chocolate. However, you can begin by noticing if this happens on a regular basis and up your magnesium. If you're not already taking magnesium, which you should be at least 440 milligrams before bed of magnesium citrate. If you want to know which magnesium I personally take, go to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash shop. I have it there for you. And this can really help you to curb those sugar cravings. And also so can taking a high quality probiotic, which I also take. Um, again, the one that I take will be mentioned in the shop. So what's a good alternative? So first of all, right, have chocolate, right? I eat a little chocolate most days myself, but um, it's the kind of chocolate and the importance. So I don't go with like a dairy and sugary one. I go for good quality organic dark chocolate with minimal or not even better, no sugar or dairy, right? So also add raw cacao to my smoothies. Um, sometimes I love me chocolate and cherry combinations, both of which are really good um, during your luteal and menstrual phases. Yep. Um, again, 
love to know which dark chocolate you enjoy. I'd love for you to take pictures of your dark chocolate <laughs> and tag me on Instagram at Lisa underscore Barwise. And I will also do the same with my dark chocolate. Okay. Uh, PMS food craving number three is pasta. Now, I haven't had pasta in a very long time because I'm gluten-free and I know just how much it contributed not only to my IBS symptoms, but also to my PMS symptoms. So when only white carbs will do, be that big pile of spaghetti or a loaf of bread, it's usually blood sugar or instability or a vitamin B deficiency that's causing this craving. So Make sure you're getting enough vitamin B. Take your vitamin B6 or vitamin B12 or both. Um, and also, if you're skipping meals too much, that can be a sign of that. So what I would do instead is making sure that you are eating regularly so that you're not having blood sugar highs and lows. So you might be telling yourself you're doing intermittent fasting, but you're not really doing it properly. Um, so again, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting in depth, but we do this um, on the podcast. We do this in our Sexy Strong community in our first 28 days because um, I do believe in the process of it it can work for some people not everyone and not all of the time and especially not during your your luteal and menstrual phases um but if you eat meals regularly and they're high in healthy protein and healthy fat and get from complex carbs not simple carbs like bread and pasta you will get a steady release of energy from that well-balanced meal and you won't find yourself craving the candy bar 40 minutes 45 minutes after dinner okay so don't eat carbs in isolation and don't go for simple carbs like for bread and pasta. Try focusing on getting carbs at every meal and try things like oats, sweet potato, rice, quinoa, and see how you feel with those. Um, and then if you're still kind of like craving, you know, that I tend to go for carrots or a little bit more on the starchy carb or sweet carb like carrots or mange too or sugar snap peas. Um, that can be like, you know, those sorts of peas um, can taste really nice as well. And try to eat regularly before you get so hungry that you will eat anything in front of you. I don't know about you, but I used to get really emotional when I my blood sugar was down. It would make me cry. <laughs> Literally, I would be like, don't talk to me. Uh, some people get hangry. I used to get upset <laughs> and get like, hang, uh, you know, hunger, upsetness. Um, but Definitely try taking a quality vitamin B supplement and also eating regularly spaced throughout the day. Okay, food craving number four is soda or soft drinks or fizzy drinks. So if you find yourself craving soda or soft drinks or fizzy drinks, it might be that your blood sugar is off. It's normally blood sugar is off. So again, whole food-based meals regularly with enough fat and enough protein to st stabilize your blood sugar. Big fan of the go-to Pruly to make sure, because it ticks all of the boxes with that, okay? It also could be that you're dehydrated. If you're not somebody that enjoys drinking water, adding some fruit to the water, lemons, limes, I just buy lemon or lime juice and squeeze it in or any sort of fruit that can help you. Um, and that can give you that, you know, that hydration that you need, but it also might give you that sweetness that soda has been doing. Um, but soda also contains salt as well as a whole bunch of sugar. So it also might be that you're dehydrated, you know, not just drinking water, but you can try our hydration potion. So our hydration potion is um, something you can do first thing in the morning where you have um, purified water. So we use a Brita filter, so filtered water um, uh, that's heated and slightly warm, but let to cool down. Then you want to add um, half of an organic lemon and as much Himalayan pink salt as you can stand the taste of and you will build that up over time which will help to replenish any of that trace minerals lost during sleep but also help to hydrate you first thing in the morning. You can also drink this at any time during the day. Also, if you're someone who likes that sugary, you know, salty flavor, coconut water can be amazing or just plain carbonated water and add a little bit of like, you know, lime juice into it can be really, really yummy. Okay. Okay. PMS craving number five, steak. Yep. For my meat, eater, meat eaters, this one's for you. Um, I'm a vegetarian, have never eaten a steak, so can't tell you. Uh, it's not ever anything I've ever craved for either, actually. But um, I would be something that someone that used to err on iron deficiency. We would have um, 
that in as a genetic thing in our family. So I've always had to make sure that I am eating iron-rich foods and blood-building foods during this time. So if you are a meat eater and you crave steak, hey, you know, that's okay. It normally means that you, you are, you do have an iron deficiency. Your body will let you know that. So if this is the only thing that you think will satisfy you, go ahead and have that. Make sure it's grass-fed, organic meat, nothing wrong with that, uh, especially if you're only eating it on occasion. Now, some of you who have underlying hormonal imbalance issues, such as um, um, endometriosis, PCOS not so much, but endometriosis, sometimes too much meat can also cause you to be inflamed. So just be mindful of that. Also during menopause, there has been some links with that as well. But if you're only doing that on occasion, again, you can do that. Um, if you're open to other um, different types of meat, you could choose um, lamb, for example. And if you don't add re uh, red meat, you can supplement with iron. Or I find that tofu and sesame seeds are really iron rich. So I would um, eat a lot of tofu um, and anything that's red during my men uh, luteal and menstrual phases. So I eat a lot of tofu-based dishes with sesame. So um, I crack out all of my Asian-style dishes, and that could be really yummy. I also eat anything with uh, kidney beans, um, pinto beans, azuku beans, uh, cherries, um, and then kale is always good for you. So <laughs> adding extra kale and iron uh, and iron rich uh, spinach during that time can be really important too, because there's more iron and calcium in kale and spinach than there is in steak. So there you go. Okay. So, um, you also want to make sure that you are enjoying your iron-rich foods with vitamin C-rich foods. So that's why if you're having it with uh, green leafy vegetables, the enzymes are already there to help break that down in your digestive system. So just make sure, you know, if you're having it in your pruthi, that you're also having it with some sort of fruit. Blueberries and cherries are good for this instance. If you're having it with steak, for example, make sure you're having a, a green leafy salad, lots of kale, lots of spinach on the side, which will also have the enzymes to break that down. Okay, little tip for you. Okay, so we're going to just wrap it up here uh, with some specific foods that can help ease the symptoms. And I'm just going to give you some of my favorite ones that I've already covered. Um, but, you know, talk about them a little bit more. So a key one I would want to make sure and cover is, of course, Kale, broccoli, cauliflower, and other dark green leafy veg, okay? All of this brassica vegetables contain a thing called indole-3-carbonyl, okay? This helps the liver to metabolize excess estrogen and prevent estrogen dominance. So if you're not already taking something like milk thistle that can also help the liver to support that, you want to make sure you're taking it, you know, and that's why I honestly can't talk about our green goddess Pruthi anymore <laughs> than tell you about this because if you're not somebody who likes to eat a lot of these things I'm not a big fan of cauliflower my digestive system is not a big fan of uh, fan of cauliflower but I love kale and spinach in my prudies and I eat a lot of broccoli so that works really well for me and I also do it with sweet potatoes I eat a lot of sweet potatoes and broccoli at my two go-to's most days, to be honest with you. Uh, sweet potatoes are naturally sweet and can help satisfy those sweet cravings, which I love, but also the vitamin A in the sweet potato supports the liver, again, which metabolizes excess estrogen. So that can be something that you can do. Also, things like chickpeas, again, shout outs for my plant-based foods, uh, are a great source of magnesium and also contain that vitamin B6 that we talked about, and when taken together can really help reduce the symptoms of PMS. Um, and for those of you who are in the meat eater category, the omnivores, bone broth can be a good source of magnesium and calcium and calcium, both of which can help alleviate the symptoms. Now, I do just want to touch on very quickly um, some key supplements and herbs that we definitely recommend that you should be taking no matter what, but definitely will help you during PMS. Uh, and then I'm going to let you know that you can access that free download. So the one I want we talked about is magnesium. Okay, so very important. Magnesium suggests, um, and research suggests that magnesium helps alleviate symptoms, including weight gain, 
breast tenderness and bloating. It's also great for promoting relaxation, reducing stress and anxiety, and encouraging good sleep. So I swear to goodness, if you're not already taking magnesium, you need to. So it's a great addition to your PMS fight, fighting arsenal. Again, 440 milligrams um, before bed. Again, if you want to find out more about the one that I personally take, go over to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash shop and you can access it there. Okay, vitamin B6. Supplementing up to 100 milligrams a day of vitamin B6 is likely to help treat premenstrual symptoms, premenstrual depression, and also overall energy. You know, I think of B vitamins as little buzzy bees bzz, that help you to feel that energy. So it's really important. Omega-3s, of course, and vitamin D3 with K two, very important. Both of these nutrients help promote hormone balance. Vitamin D deficiency has been associated with reproductive hormone imbalances in both men and women. And omega-3 helps protect against anxiety and depression and can also reduce cramps. And if you're moving more into a perimenopause and menopausal hormonal stage of life, then it's essential to make sure your um, omega-3s are there. Um, we do our omega-3s using the Juice Plus product. If you want to find out more about Juice Plus and the omega-369, 367 and 9, it's the only one that has all of those omegas, go to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash juice plus and find out more about that. Also, vitamin E helps reduce breast pre, uh, premenstrual tenderness, according to research, which also Vitamin E and evening primrose oils can help with cramps, pains, and headaches during that time. Yeah, I find the magnesium and the hydration really can help with the headaches as well. Um, but evening primrose oil can really, really help with that. So we go into more detail in our Sexy Strong community where we have a whole suite of information about hormones and different stages of life and why we love um, the Sexy Strong program because it's a 12-month program that has lifetime access that you will never need another program as you move through different hormonal stages because we cover how to eat and train through each part of your hormonal stage in addition to your, um, you know, 28-day cycle. So, you can go now and download your Eating Through Your Menstrual Cycle guide over on our show notes. Be sure to check us out at warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash podcasts forward slash 61. And what I want for you right now is if this was helpful and there's like friends of yours that also struggle with this and it's going to really help them, please share this podcast with them. Go ahead and stick the link, send it out in a WhatsApp message or let them know that they need to listen to this. It really helps the podcast and it really helps us. Um, go ahead and write a review or uh, we're going to put a little link in those show notes that if you want to leave us a little voice note like you've heard in these episodes um, and tell us how the podcast or being part of our tribe community or being one of our sexy strong warrior goddesses and how it's impacted you and how any of this information has helped you to just feel better and of course to feel sexy strong thanks so much for listening we will be back again same time same place next week and i can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode and how it's helped you but until then see you next week Well, if you're still here, well, you're my kind of gal. Thanks so much for listening. But if you really enjoyed this episode, you are going to love our five-day program. Yes, we offer you a chance to start to explore the world of Warrior Goddess Kettlebell Training and how we deliver the amazing content to our clients who want to get sexy strong with a free five-day program. We talk about all things motivation, habits, goals, of course, specifically to help you to reach your body shape change and lifestyle goals by developing the strength, belief, and body of a superhero, even if you're feeling far from super right now. So understanding why things haven't worked previously, how you can make it easy to step into your power as a true warrior goddess and be able to become stronger and more confident and more certain, again, even if you're not feeling like it right now. 
So this is open for everyone. Everyone who's tried things before that hasn't worked, who doesn't know if they even have the motivation to start or finish anything. If you're feeling like you're just confused with all this conflicting information, don't worry, we got you covered. So go right now to warriorgoddesskettlebelltraining.com forward slash superhero. Sign up for the next free five-day program and I can't wait to see you on the other side. You got this.